and welcome to Racket Rundown, a podcast where we break down everything Georgia tennis related. I'm your host, Theo, and let's get it started. Ready, play. Today we're joined by Felipe Costa, a rising junior from Sao Paulo, Brazil, that is currently on the Georgia men's tennis team. Felipe, thanks for joining us today. Oh, of course, dude. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, I know you just came back from uh, NCAAs down in Lake Nona. Tell me how that was. I mean, it was my first NCAA experience. Amazing time with the whole team. Uh, it, it was insane seeing the level this year. I think these guys are playing at least at a ATP 500 level. It was it was weird to see that Virginia managed to get through again. I, I didn't expect them to get through. I think TCU was my personal favorite to win the tournament. But the dogs went down and had a very tough match against Ohio State. Obviously, the rain came in, the delays, and then we played, you know, middle of the day in the sweltering heat and ended up there just a little fitter than us on the day. But it was a great experience, great first time, and hopefully we can take the title in the future. Talk to me about that last match against Ohio State and how that went down. We, the dogs came out firing, and we took the doubles point, which... I think maybe the sentiment among the team was, man, Ohio State has great doubles. It's an indoor team, aggressive. And so the guys were maybe freaking a little bit, you know, back in the hotel. They're all like, man, the doubles point's so important. But, you know, if we don't win the doubles point, we got the singles. Uh, there was a lot of emphasis on doubles. And I think that focus that we brought on to the doubles from, I think, maybe our last 18 matches up to that point, we'd won 15 of the doubles points, so our doubles really became strong at the end. And our emphasis on really focusing on our doubles uh, paid off in the end. We managed to destroy them in the doubles point, which was crazy. And then singles came back, and I, I'm, you know what? I think we were focused. I think we were ready, but maybe weren't ready for them to be as competitive and as brutal as they were on the outdoor and the heat in the outdoor courts. Um, they really surprised us, I'm pretty sure. Ethan came out firing, played an unbelievable match. Um, I, I, he's still in the tournament, I think, playing his uh, third round coming soon. Um, and then Trent played J.J. Tracy, and that was probably the most surprising and best match of the day where J.J. had, you know, historically this year and last year been playing great tennis and Trent coming off of a sickness here at uh, here in Athens. And he comes in, puts in the work, and dismantles J.J. Tracy in, in straight sets. Um, it was a fantastic match to see. Great performance from Trent Bride to uh, wrap up his college career. And the other guys fought their asses off. I mean, Blake played James Trotter, who this entire season, I don't think he's lost a match yet. And it was a fantastic match. Miguel over at six for the clincher. You know, the heat got to him and really just in the end just started feeling sick on court. Nothing you can do about that. We put in the work and may, maybe running one more sprint would have helped. But uh, obviously you down on six had a, you know, a hard, hard match against Jack Anthrop. That guy was playing very well. But, you know, he chopped you up in the end there. But I can't, can't do much about, you know, someone who's playing great on the day. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. But Phil... Uh, uh, Phil had a oh, damn. I think Phil has some of the closest matches I've ever seen. Like everything, and when Phil plays tennis, it's just back and forth, and it's such drama and emotion. And you know, in the end, the emotion turned out negative. You know, just couldn't close out that second set. I think he wished we would have got it into a third. Phil was feeling good. He was playing good, but you know, great win from Ohio State in the end. 
That's true. Overall, we, we had a great, great season during this past year. What are some of the things that stood out to you? And also, what are some of the things that you've been able to help the team, even though you are injured? Man, I think the most memorable moment has to be the Tennessee win. Uh, it was really our first really close match. My first uh, experience with you know a full Athens crowd, that Athens environment, that big home clinch. I think we saved maybe seven or eight match points. I've never been more nervous watching a match. But once we got through in the end there, everyone running and hugging and the crowd was even more full by the end. Um, was just an amazing moment. And having that on Manny's birthday, just an incredible day overall. And obviously taking home an undefeated SEC season in, in Manny's 30-something years in coaching college tennis. Um, it's only a sixth time that's happened. So uh, the team this year, you know, it's one that will go down in the history books. I think having you on board helped in, like an incredible amount. Your work ethic that you brought in. Um, that put you know push the guys to really believe that they can work and they can be these players that take home a ring um, and and really elevate each other to the next level. And as for your second question, where uh, different ways where I helped, I think I, I I took a little moment sort of before the year started and and understood my role in terms of okay I've been hurt I've been injured still recovering but what can I do to really benefit the team. And I think adding to the culture was probably the number one biggest thing that I could do. And as a redshirt, uh, I think they called me a freshman. I didn't have much of a personal leadership voice in the beginning, but I knew I empathized well with people and I understood how people communicated. So I think I would, uh, I, I played a good role in, in being a little voice in, in people's heads and uniting people together and making sure the team had each other's backs and, and keeping everyone you know, happy and accountable, but also leading them in the, right, in the right direction in terms of what would help the team, what would advance the culture, but doing it in sort of a, a marionette way, a sly way, you know, from the outskirts. Yeah. I mean, you've been the best teammate that anyone could ask for, and you've, you've helped us so much on and off the court. For Thanks, the people man. who don't know, t talk to us about your life story and the injuries you have had, not only about the injuries. Tell me, how, where do you find the motivation to keep going Uh, and where do you find all that positivity that you inspire each of us with? Uh, man, all right, let's let's go through it all. We'll start at the beginning. Uh, so I was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. All my family's Brazilian, mom, dad, and moved to Chile for two years. My sister was actually born in Chile. So she's got, I think, three passports and three different names internationally. I'll tell people when they think she's a super spy. And then we moved to Arizona. Um, I actually first started playing tennis when my dad had a work trip from Arizona. He went to New York, and we went to the U.S. Open. And we had day session tickets, but Roger Federer was playing in the night session. So obviously, we're there in the stadium, and as people are leaving, we're asking them, hey, do you have any tickets for the night session if you're leaving? And these two Indian women were walking out, and they're like, yeah, we're leaving, 20 bucks. So we buy these tickets. It's literally like up in the outskirts of Arthur Ashe, and Arthur Ashe is the biggest stadium in tennis, so we're far from the court. Roger starts playing. Brian DeBool, this is second round, 2010. And I have my DS, and I'm not really interested at first. But then I hear the crowd start roaring, and I look up, and Federer hits a tweener, and everyone goes nuts. <laughs> and 
when I saw that, I was like, wow, like this is what I have to do. So that's really where it all started. And I never put the racket down since from there. Uh, I mean, it had some great influences growing up, specifically Lou Belkin uh, out in Arizona was a previous head coach of ASU in Arizona state for 26 years. I think coached a couple number one in the world, some I think Wimbledon finalists or something and a couple of pros out on the tour now upon with Kylie McKenzie, but great influence there moved to England. That's where I really started ramping up my, my tennis, uh, Ash Broomhead out of Nottingham university worked with him a lot. The Rushbys, uh, group of three brothers were great influences on me. I love the school I went to in England. It's called Four Mark Hall. This, this, this little prep school uh, out in the middle of the countryside, it was the most British experience I ever had. Made some great friends there. But after three years, came back to the, to the U.S., uh, spent about a year in Arizona, and that's when we got the call. And all these moves, by the way, are just my dad going on different projects and whatnot. Uh, that's when we get the call to move out to Georgia, and that was that was a little scarier for me because I was older and I and I understood more about what was happening. I mean, the moves before were like uh, 11, 14, and whatnot. I feel I felt like I understood well, but when we came to Georgia, I was 15 or 16. I, I felt like I was a little older and a little more attached to things back home, especially having been in Arizona for a second time. But I mean, coming to Georgia has been the best thing we've ever done. Right now, where we live now. Uh, sort of North Atlanta area is by far my favorite place that I've lived. It's got the best of all the worlds. I like the culture here. Everyone appreciates and is thankful and they take life slowly, but still with an attitude to work hard and achieve what they want. And so for college, um, I was originally uh, going to end up either at Georgia or at Arizona state. But at this point I was injured and this injury really was, uh, I have a bone condition of my left knee sort of lateral femoral condyle if there's any uh, medical terms uh, professionals out there but it's it was just cracking and deteriorating over time and we're trying to figure it out and by this point I've had two or three knee surgeries when I went off to freshman year over at Arizona State and the decision really was made because you know Georgia was more of an elite program and I didn't want to go into it you know, injured and, and faltering behind and sort of as I would say second class citizen. So I wanted to go to Arizona state just because the coach there had a similar backstory to me and he understood what was happening. And I had a good experience there, but ultimately Georgia was home. And, you know, throughout this time I racked up, I think four total knee surgeries and, you know, it felt unbelievable coming into school was awesome and came into school playing great so happy and then just because I hadn't played for such a long time and then the shoulder started getting worn down and it injured throughout the year so it took a couple months to rehab that just because we couldn't figure out exactly what it was and then right when I was cleared from the shoulder and I was feeling great playing fantastic I came out was fully cleared for one day and I got, man I can't remember if you were there on the day but I beat half the team and I was so happy it was probably the best tennis I've ever played and the coaches, uh, Jamie and Manny, were, were you know, so proud with all, all my progress. And they were planning out tournaments for me in the summer. And they said I could be a great asset to the team coming next year. And the next day, the knee comes back after 10 months of being perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, it's nothing that I'm not used to. Knees, knee right now is 
you know, just recovering, going to see some doctors soon, but it shouldn't be anything bad. And I mean, in terms of the positivity and, and the motivation to get through it, you know, it, it, it does get tough sometimes, but I'm not, I'm not one to give up on, on anything really. I think mama raised me right in that way to where I will get this thing better no matter what starts ailing me at one day. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to see it through in the end. And uh, as David Goggins said, I don't stop when I'm tired. I'm stopping when I'm done. And I think there's a, there's a big element in self-education that comes into a good mindset. You, you're not just born and you're just like, wow, I'm a positive, energetic, and resilient person. Like, I mean, I've, I've gone through reading the books. I think my favorite is The Chimp Paradox. It's a you know, mental model, nothing even to do with tennis, just managing your mind for life. But also many tennis books, uh, you know, the inner game of tennis being one of the most famous ones, podcasts, uh, TV shows in terms of understanding the mind. I think work has to be put in to understand how you think and happiness is something that's learned um, and that you live in a happy state and that you live in and understand how to be motivated, how to be energetic and how to get through anything in the end. You are one of the most positive people I know, and I know it's not easy to be like that every single day, and I'm super impressed by by the way you act and just the way you work, and I'm really curious, how are you preparing this summer for the upcoming season? I mean, with five graduating people, uh, I think that you have a big chance to fight for a spot in the lineup, so once you get healthy, what are your plans? Yeah, it's just taking care of the body first, but then after that, uh, I got a couple coaches and hitting partners lined up here. I know Davis Taylor is someone who's going to come into the program next year. Um, and he lives nearby and, you know, we had scheduled to hit, we're going to go to the same coach. Um, Colleen down in Marietta, if anyone ever wants to stop by also a Romanian guy, uh, I don't know. Yes. You should, Tio, you got to go out, you got to go down and, and see Colleen. One yeah, day. I, I definitely got to go say hi to him. I've, yeah, heard, I've sure. only heard good things about him. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. But, uh, I'll be with him for a little, um, and I have, I mean, I had workout plans. I was very excited for the summer. I had workout plans written over a month ago, just planning out my days. Uh, I have now that I, can, I have a little more time, I filled it up with an internship, obviously building the, the Costa Tennis Academy brand, but, you know, staying busy, always finding something to learn, finding something to be productive, always moving forward. You know, like they say, if they can't, if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, crawl right now, I'm crutching, but I'm keeping going. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, talk to me about the Costa Tennis Academy. It's something extremely exciting and I'm very passionate about it. Uh, it grew a lot in a very little time. Uh, what inspired you to do that? And what are your plans for the future with the Costa Tennis Academy? Similar to the backstory that I had growing up, I've, I've had good luck in terms of all these tennis experiences that I've had in so many different places in the world, which has caused me to have so many different coaches. I think I've had more coaches, my personal self, than I think the rest of the Georgia team combined, just because I had multiple coaches at one time, I've moved so many different times. So I've experienced lots of different perspectives on tennis. And I think I've had the pleasure of working with some of the best legends of the game, Bob Brett, infamously coach or famously coach, uh, Boris Becker, Goran Ivanizovic, Marin Cilic, just multiple Grand Slam champions. We were close with him. Um, obviously, Lou and Manny now. And Costa Tennis Academy, I think, came about in a way that 
I think I have good communication skills in terms of uh, explaining and teaching others because through my surgeries and my injuries, I wound up still never leaving the court. I I was coaching in a wheelchair two weeks out of surgery, and I think it became a passion of mine to share the knowledge that I've acquired throughout the years and put my personal spin on it and take tennis in a logical and scientific and analytical approach and I just, I don't want to be that person that just gives, you know, quick tips that people don't really understand the game in the very end. I want to be the person that explains the game of tennis that causes people to have epiphanies and, and see the game of tennis in a different way. And I want to develop people to be their own tennis coach in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think just the way you look at it differently than most tennis coaches, it inspired a lot of people. And that's why you got all the followers. And you also inspired me to start my own TikTok. <laughs> Now, <laughs> now, tell, awesome. now, uh, let's have some uh, quick fire questions here. Um, gotcha. Who is the funniest on the team, according to you? Blake Croyder. Who is the best singer other than you? Philip Henning is actually a fantastic singer. Who is the fastest on the team? Oh, you know, I would say Trent Bride, but he doesn't try to be fast. So because he doesn't try to be fast, I can't give it to him. I'm going to go for Britton Johnson. Who is the strongest on the team? Ooh, ah, that one I'm going to have to give to Trent Bride. But only upper body. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go Philip Henning again. All right. Felipe, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And uh, tell me where people can follow you on Instagram and other social media. No, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, if you want to follow me personally, it's uh, Felipe Z Costa, F-I-L-I-P-E, Z Costa on Instagram. Costa Tennis Academy, all lowercase, all together on TikTok on Instagram. I think maybe it uh, might have carried over to Facebook now. I'm not even sure, but uh, we have YouTube as well. Um, if you guys want some, you know, great perspectives on tennis and some tips and, you know, all the, all, all the best on the modern tennis world, go follow Costa Tennis Academy. All right. Looking forward to having you on the pod again. Thank you very much, Tio. Thanks for listening to Racket Rundown. And thanks again to Felipe Costa for joining us today on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Racket Rundown. Hope that you'll tune in for the next episode. 